Welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is Wolfgang Stein, and he talks to me about his love of storytelling, uh, which is appropriate fodder for podcasting, I think. Uh, We had a totally great time. We get into our origin story uh, together, so that was a lot of fun. Um, And there's a lot of camp talk, so if you love camp and uh, gathering around a campfire, uh, then I think you will totally dig this episode. Um, Before we get into that, I will tell a uh, joke, if you will, that I've been telling all weekend, and that is that on Saturday I helped someone move and I went to a wedding. Thus, I am firmly in my 20s. I had a great weekend, um, and that day was a lot of fun, but it, my, was it exhausting, and I, uh, recorded this with Wolf, uh, right after, on the Sunday after the Saturday of the wedding, though so if my voice sounds weary, uh, I will owe it to that, um, but that notwithstanding, it was still a good time, maybe that, because of that, <laughs> it was a good time, I think I got a bit loopy in there somewhere, uh, and basically slept for about 15 hours after I recorded this. So that was great. Um, I also had a root canal so far this week, so guess who's been killing it? Uh, the bacteria inside my teeth. Um, hey, first one, it wasn't so bad. It's not too different from getting a filling as far as I'm concerned as far as I can tell, uh, but it takes a super long time, so I guess that's what you have to look forward to if you've never had one. Um, I'm not really a skittish dentist person, so I guess I have that to be thankful for, but the side of my face is still numb after six hours, at least, six or seven, so there we are. Um, some quick plugs before I finish this off. Uh, Wednesdays at the new new show at the playground is where I will be playing with my team squall for every Wednesday in May. Every, uh, Friday, my team Reagan Reagan plays at the one group mind theater. That's at the corner of Sheffield and Newport and starting May 23rd and running through June 29th is Lord of the Wrigley, the Fellowship of the Cubs, uh, the next show that the Nerdlogs are writing together and performing together. So come check that out come the end of May. Uh, and also, hey, you know, look out for the opening of The Annoyance. Uh, Wolf and I talk a lot about that and uh, I talked to him a little little bit about something I'm a uh, part of for that too. So a lot of exciting things coming up in May. All of this means that my schedule is packed, but it's been a lot of fun thus far. So I can only be more excited once everything starts to, uh, culminate and open. Uh, yeah, I hope everyone enjoys the storytelling of Wolf Stein. Started now. Maybe she started now. <laughs> You've been vigilant. Maybe it's been going the whole time. Yeah, I've been what if here. it had? And, it, and like it wasn't even on the table when you walked in. So just going I in the other room. Just doing it on your phone my, or something. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> I was real paranoid. 
<laughs> this whole place is bugged. <laughs> <laughs> yep, this is the MPS, MBS and compound, and uh, we got mics everywhere. <laughs> That's uh, that'll come in, in due time. I'm so glad I figured out it was MBSing. Uh huh. I thought it was MB sings. Oh, <laughs> MB sing. Yes, you know, like sing. And the, and the first one, of course, that I listened to was the Jeff Murdoch one. Oh, so I was like, oh, it's about singing. So we did like play yeah. music and sing a lot. That's so funny. Oh, I was going to ask you, do you have like a, a laptop that I could bring some stuff up? Yeah, with? of course. Uh-huh. I just wanted to have this up in case I need it, but I might not need it. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll let you just use your, your judges. Mm-hmm. Use, your, mm-hmm. use your judges. Judges? Judges? <laughs> judges? <laughs> I'll use your judges. Man, I miss seeing you, buddy. I know, I miss seeing you too. It's It's hope, been a real long winter, I have to say. Right? It's, Hasn't it? I've, I've, I've felt very remote all winter. <laughs> like, like, what have you been working on? It's like an iceberg to myself. Well, you did um, the, you're working on the Lady Mechanics, right? Yeah, yeah. So you've probably been working on that for a while because we were since all under January. the impression that the theater was going to open sooner. Yes, since January. <laughs> oh, boy. I just got... It's uh, a long one. I was doing, uh, I was like helping with a show that Brian Duff wrote and is directing, um, and just doing like a non-speaking role kind of thing. And, uh, I ju- he just asked me to play the like other, uh, lead character <laughs> because with oh, the schedule getting yeah. pushed back, <laughs> this is the second time that the actors playing that character has had to change. What's, uh, what's that show called? It's called Owls, I think, is what okay. they're going with. I think Brian told me about it's that. It's on one. Tuesdays. Yeah. yeah uh, once the theater opens. So, yeah, that's exciting. That, like, upgrade last week. Yeah. <laughs> and I love Brian very much. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'm excited to work with him and, like, be in a show that's going to be as part of the opening. So, it's pretty exciting. When's Lady Mechanics going to be on? Sundays? It'll be Sundays at 8 o'clock when they open. Okay. <laughs> I was just curious. No firm date yet. What? No I firm have... date. Yeah, yeah. But it'll open. All right. Someday. Right, right. And the signs up yeah. and the yeah. painting is happening. Have you helped paint or anything like that? I haven't. Yeah, me neither. No, I um, feel like my job is the show. <laughs> sure. And, That's fair. And it's a lot of work. Yeah, so it, I would think so. It's, How uh, much directing have you done before this? I've done a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you count teaching. Oh, too. sure. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I used to coach some improv, too, so I count that as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Understandable. But, yeah, this is definitely the first musical I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> Did and they all write it together? Did it's you? huge. Uh, I co-wrote it with Michelle Thompson. And, uh, is she, uh, she played Oprah. That's what in, I thought. That's what I thought. Oprah comedy. And, uh, and, and then the cast has sort of filled it in with improv too. Cool. Just to like, sort That's of great. Further sort of, ex, you know, extrapolate. See, that seems like a good way to go as opposed to trying to mm-hmm. formulate everything with them, which can get a bit chaotic, especially if it was the, you know, the first musical. It seems like it, it was a good process that way. Cool. In terms of, yeah, keeping it organized. I'm excited to see it. Mm-hmm. Have you had to, have you gone back and forth on like, Ramping, ramping up rehearsals and then ramping them back oh, down totally, and then ramping back up. That's yeah, what yeah. Alice has been like that too. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like I feel like everyone's individually going through very similar processes, but it feels so 
like separate. You know, I feel like we're used to passing so each other. That's in the what theater. I mean about like an iceberg being on an iceberg. Oh, right, sure. Like, you know, it's like I've just been like in this little thing floating around, like, but I don't really see anyone mm-hmm. like I would at the theater. And, right. You know, it's, it's you can't talk to people as as easily about the projects they're working on and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just not the same. Yeah, I think we're all. I did jumping. run into Mick the other day. Aww. He's like you know back from working on the second city right. show and I ran into him in the hall and I you know I gave him some, some some feedback on my show and he gave me some really good feedback and cool yeah it was really kind That's of him to like just make that time for me he's the best about stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, I think I'm gonna ask him to do this show eventually yeah, try to track him, track him down and, yeah. and uh, I just feel guilty doing it right now because mm-hmm. I'm like you don't this is like the least of your worries right now you're trying to get a fucking theater open right. and you know get these people get the band back together uh, you don't need me bugging you about doing this sort of podcast he's, he's like so busy I know he's going out to LA he's going out to is he really yeah he's all over the place uh, I know I got that too I feel like I saw it and I then I stole it from you you did because it, <laughs> it didn't come out of my mouth came out of yours yep that's so weird <laughs> uh, but I, I have started recording so as far as anyone knows it was you <laughs> no <laughs> you trick me like this <laughs> I did not burp for the record I'm a gentleman sure you can say that all you want uh, <laughs> they have no way of knowing and everyone I knows host, Mary so. Beth is a total flop <laughs> <laughs> my place is a pigsty my room is actually very messy. Oh yeah, uh, but I try to keep mm. the the appearance of the public areas presentable. <laughs> I, I just did. Uh, I just did laundry for mm. like I didn't do laundry all winter because you've been on the iceberg. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You got was, back to mainland an expedition and mm. uh, found a washboard and <laughs> sawed a hole in the ice. Right. Uh, <laughs> do you? All winter, that has to be an exaggeration. I bought a lot of underwear. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like a pretty clean living person. <laughs> like, I don't like. You don't strike me as I don't like. Would be I don't sweat unkempt. especially a oh, lot. Or, that's know. good. Do you shower a lot? I shower, yeah, pretty regularly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. This is me, a terrible thing to admit me, on a podcast like, oh, that I don't do my laundry. <laughs> no, I love it. This is exactly the kind of fodder we need. No. Uh, I, uh, I would say, uh, I, uh, you know, I try to shower every day. It doesn't, it doesn't happen. I would say every couple. It's actually better for you to go every other. I, I think, I think yeah. I'm about an every other. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll get to three and I'm like, who boy, MB, you got to fix this. <laughs> um, this is unpresentable. You just know, right? You, yeah. You do. I feel like. You don't that. even have to look in a mirror. You yeah. just feel it. Like it feels like bugs crawling on you. Yeah, for sure. Like, and so, you know, we're about to hit the summer and I'll end up showering way more because yeah. I like so like much. Like twice a day. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe not. Man, if I have... The day I take a shower twice a day is... The day after tomorrow. <laughs> like, the end of the world thing, not just literally the day oh, after yeah. tomorrow. I, yeah. <laughs> I think the only time I ever did that was, like, when I was a teenager, you know? When oh. 
going through the changes. Puberty and smelly. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Taking long showers just to try to get your life in order. (laughs) And for other reasons. uh, Oh, boy. I wasn't, wasn't going to call that out, but I'm glad you did. Well, you set me up for that. <laughs> I did. I did. Mm. Uh, my guest today is Wilking Stein. Hello. And he's my very good friend. We uh, <laughs> met a number of years ago at the Annoyance Theater while I was an intern, and he was in... I was also an intern uh, at that time. Oh, that's right. Uh, I was an intern, but we met because you were in a show that I worked, right. and you were so bright and cheery and came up and introduced yourself to me in the box office and it's been a friendship ever since as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I I would agree with you on that. Good. Because you have that same sort of bright energy. Oh, good. You know. Yeah. I, we, brightness is attracted to brightness. I think so too. I totally think so. Yeah. Uh, and I always appreciate people like Mm -hmm. that. So Mm -hmm. maybe it's just to like... Like attracting like, like you said, mm-hmm. and that's exactly uh, when I meant to tell you this earlier. But it's good for uh, it's good to get it on record too. Mm-hmm. When we were at lunch, um, the other members of the Nerlogs who were still around were like, "Who's on the podcast today?" And I was like, uh, "We'll sign." And everyone went, "Oh, that's so great! He's so wonderful." As if I was a five-year-old child. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> If I was there, they would have, like, tussled my hair. <laughs> uh, Chris even said, like, uh, well, uh, I think Claire was the only one there who uh, couldn't immediately. Mm-hmm. She went, she's like, I don't, I don't think I know who that is. And Chris was just like, it's just very, you know, cheery and just like, such a bright disposition. Just very great, easy to work with guy. Hmm. So That's nice. Thank you. Lots of... Yes, lots of compliments flying your way. Love. You didn't wow. even know. Lots of love. Well, Chris, Chris Geiger really uh, helped me out with a uh, with he. They did a review of our show a while back. Oh, cool! And uh, it was really sweet of them, and I always will remember that. Aww. Yeah. Shucks. I don't think they do that anymore. The they used to have a, a site up that they would I review shows. Don't think so either. If yeah. I had to guess. Chris and Kevin are, are real busy dudes. They they kind of wear a lot of hats. They do. Producers yeah. and, and they really do. performers and workshops. You guys were just at uh, C2E2. C2E2. Yeah, you asked me uh, about that earlier. Yeah, it went really well. It was a lot of fun. I had never been to any kind of con like that. Um, and I just like walked around a lot. I uh, did you do cosplay? Did you have a? Costume? I didn't. Okay. No, I just wore. I, I came straight from work because I had to work a half day, so I just wore like what I wore to work. Just khakis and a button down. Uh, but there were some amazing costumes. And uh, after we did our show, we, we did a live recording of our Your Story show, um, and it went really well. We had to cut one of the um, stories just for time because they were kind of being putsy about it and we're like we're gonna cut your mic in five minutes so we're like oh cool great was it someone like out of the audience telling a story uh or someone you had pre-picked yeah someone we had already okay. we curated you curated it Got yes it. Okay. we asked people because we knew but that that's too bad like, it was a it was a bummer yeah. yeah fortunately it was a group that we had asked uh, that we had three people speaking from the group so it felt a little less gross than if we'd had to just 
you know, cut someone who just, who we asked, who came, like, on their own, affiliated with one specific thing. So it's, like, three guys affiliated with the same thing. Oh, Feeling a little... Oh, yeah. A little less dicey than if we had just had to... But still felt crappy. I told him that he should record his story, and we release it with the podcast when it goes out. So hopefully that happens. Nice. Other than that, though, it, it went very well. Um, There's a nice little crowd accrued for it. Uh, the nerds, as we refer to ourselves as a unit, often uh, went to eat afterwards, and I had already eaten and wasn't hungry and was at a con for the first time, so uh, Matt Young had wandered up at, to watch um, most of the show, and I uh, tagged along with him and uh, Shad Kunkel for a while, which felt really nice because they like much more knowledgeable on everything there than I was so it was a lot of like oh that's blah blah and then he'd just be like great costumes it was just like so nice he was so comfortable and he was like the arbiter of like kindness and knowledge at C2E2 so man it's so nice to have a a a guide or something like that I definitely felt like I wanted one thus like when all the people in the group went off to do a different another thing I was like but no I'm not gonna do this by myself it'll be so much less enjoyable I went last year by myself really and I loved it it, it was I, like a wonderland. I love it. Was it's like a wonderland. <laughs> it's like I just there was so much to look at. It was mm-hmm. like overstimulating, <laughs> and, and I really loved the the artist alley. Yeah, I didn't get to the, do the art too much wandering in artist yeah. alley. But what I I did see some prints and and things like that are just so cool. I know there's so many good artists that mm-hmm. are just trying to make it, mm-hmm. which is, is I don't know. It's like everybody's trying to make it, right? <laughs> In right. some way. But it's cool that they yeah. have that kind of an opportunity. Uh, it is. It to, is. Yeah. To try it, you know? Yeah, it is um, Well, uh, all of that said, mm-hmm. Wolf is going to be talking to me about storytelling. Yes, super nerdy, of. right? I love it. It's, <laughs> it was, uh, it's, it's kind of like a perfect topic, especially for a creative person such as yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say was the inception of your love for storytelling? Oh, that was summer camp. And I know uh, you're a summer camp person, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, I did. Where did you go? Uh, I went to Girl Scout camp at Camp Congaree for many, many summers. Okay. Um, and not for, like, an entire summer, but I would go for a few weeks at a time. Uh, and then... When I got up into my, uh, towards, like, late middle school, early high school, I started going to a lot of math and science camps. Math camps? Math and science math. camps. Math. Oh, okay. I'm glad you weren't going to math nope, camps. Nope. Didn't go to any math camps. <laughs> Learned how to make math at camp. Oh, so, uh, yeah. That's yeah. What camps I um, went to math and science camps at, uh, the high school that I then attended later on. And then I became a counselor at said camps. Wow. I yeah. didn't know. What kind of, was that overnight? Uh, yeah, we, you'd go for like. Where would you live in a dorm? They had mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. It's like on a, uh, a university camp. It, it used to be on a college. When I went to the campus on a college campus, mm-hmm. and then when I attended the school, they had built uh, their own campus. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. It, but it was very close to a college campus. Yeah. Coker College in Hartsville, South Carolina. Okay. Just for all the Coker College Cougars out there. Is, is I don't even think it's a Cougar. I think I made that up. It was like the 49ers or Those something. Those are just the older ladies like, waiting for the kids <laughs> to arrive. Hi, kids. Happy summer camp. <laughs> uh, what kind of camps did you go to that made you follow a story? Um, the camp I went to was called 
Phantom Lake YMCA camp. Okay. Yeah. Did you go for the whole summer? It wasn't one of those. It was like week by week. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would, as a kid, I would only just go for a week. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was weird because, you know, like, I think you think of camp as, like, going away. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, this camp was literally, like... A couple miles down, down the, the road. From your house. Yeah. yeah. I did some things like really that weird. a lot, too. I yeah. did a lot of theatery type camps like that. But it felt so far away. <laughs> really? It really did. I mean, it's just this whole different world. It, yeah. it was overnight, so... But they had these tents that looked like old Civil War tents. <laughs> with, with the canvas flaps uh-huh. and everything. Uh-huh. And screen sides, and you'd roll up the, the sure. flaps and tie right, them right, up. right, right. Um, they look like the pens for, tents from Harry Potter that they take out for the Quidditch World Cup. All right. Yeah. Hey, similar. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, Quidditch, right? That's with the uh, gold flying ball. Mm, yeah. yeah. That's the snitch. Cool. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, yeah, uh, that was the only camp I uh, attended as a kid. Okay. Well, I did do a, a tennis camp, too, at, at Whitewater. Which was in dorms and stuff. That's reminding me of your camp a little right. bit more. Right. Yeah, I did a but, couple of soccer camps as well. Yeah. I was, a, I was a little camping fiend. Yeah. Oh, man. Camp was just... It became like a way of life for me. Yeah. It was... It was it was intense, and then of course I ended up working there as, right. as, as like a staff member in training, and then staff member, and then went back there in two thousand six, I think, mm-hmm. as an like an adult and worked there too. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you specifically? How was storytelling associated with the camp? Well, on the opening night of every. Uh, week camp session Mm -hmm. they would the whole camp would trek up to the campfire hill of course which this 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 really perfect little like hill yeah that overlooked the lake phantom lake that sounds beautiful and like this was up in wisconsin this was in wisconsin it's just like near milwaukee actually mcguanago and uh you know the stars would come out and like the, the moon would come up and and they'd get this big campfire going and like the, the tradition was to have some kind of story that night. Cool. For opening campfire. That's awesome. And then, of course, you know, individually, all the counselors would tell stories within the tents that Just, you were staying in. Oh, as well, cool. Sort of as a, a sort of wrap-up to the day type of thing. That's really awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's really like this like cool, perfect little place, you know? <laughs> it sounds... <laughs> Very, uh, you know, Thoreau's little compound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely got cult elements to it. Right, right. Um, there was no uh, slaughtering of a goat. Okay. Good. On the first night. Good, good, uh, good. That came later. No. Oh, right. Joking. Yes. Joking. That's a night three of activity. <laughs> <laughs> night three? Yeah. Smear the blood on your face. Yes. And, yeah. No. Uh, and when I was a kid, there was this uh, there was this program director there named Mountain Mike. Mm. <laughs> His name is Mountain Mike Rule. And, was he the uh, size of a mountain, or did he just... Know, know the mountain intimately. He knew the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> he was a very small man. I oh, very really? Skinny. So uh, it's kind of ironic. Yeah, yeah. He he looked young for his age, even though he had like a bald head. <laughs> he said he when he was on staff, he 
looked like he was 13. Oh. So, <laughs> so it took him a long time to, like, get respect from That's kids. so funny. But he would tell these amazing stories. Yeah. Uh, on this opening night campfire and they would always transport you, uh-huh. you know, and they'd always have some kind of joke at the end. Sure. They were, they were never too scary. They were always more like suspenseful and then some kind of really cheesy pun at the end. Like, and that's so <laughs> funny. Like, you know, something to do with a commercial tagline, like, uh, like, like, a like a coffin followed oh. you up the steps of this haunted house and right. pinned you in the attic and, uh-huh. and then like at the end like when you had nowhere else to go like, uh-huh. the coffin opened up and uh, or, or like I forgot what it was now but it oh. was like you took out like a pack of Hall's mental liptus oh. gave it to the cough to stop the coffin oh right <laughs> And that was exactly right. the response. The of whole course. audience would, you know, groan. Oh and Mom Mike would take the groan as like a sign that it was good. You know? <laughs> right. The, the bigger the groan, the, the better. I saw, I was at um, a show recently and someone initiated a scene with, uh, it, was a, it was a student show. Um, and someone initiated a scene by saying, I'm such a lonely jellyfish. If only I could find my peanut butter fish. And I've never heard an audience make the sound that came out of the audience at that time. It was just like, like, but it was like a a sigh, but with a groan, but also like, yeah, we get it. It was, it was the most singular sound coming out of a large group of people that I've heard in a very long time. Hopefully you ended that scene on the groan. (laughs) No, I I, I don't, I think they kept trying to do it. Oh gosh. Uh, I was just, I was just an audience member, uh, fortunately, but the guy I was sitting next to was also one of the students and he was like, Mm. oh man, no, that's, that's right for possibilities. If that was me, I'd come out and be like, I'm just a swordfish looking for my sheath fish. Like he just there started rattling things doing off. some um, b- jokes. Jokes, right, jokes, jokes. Right. If you're yeah. going to start with something that jokey and to begin with, uh, but yeah, that, that, uh, hearing an audience make that unified mm-hmm. of a groan is such a specific sound. I know that most people take it as a bad thing, uh-huh. but you know, mom, Mike took it as a good thing, you know, like, Oh, this, you know, I gotta Nailed make it. it, I gotta make it worse. Next time I'm going to talk about, uh, the, the yellow fingers, <laughs> let them do all the walking, you know, from like the yellow pagers, oh. or, or you know, like these are like, they're the things all you would just do. like broad. I, yeah, because if you have that broad of an audience, Mm-hmm. In terms of just you know, who knows what those kids' upbringing are, upbringings are. Uh, you got to go with things that everybody knows. You know, you got to finish a story. You got to talk to your audience, right? <laughs> you do you do? And he like he knew the kids' audience for sure. Like he, That's really he funny. was really in tune with that. So when did you start doing your own storytelling? Was it when you were a counselor or? Yeah, I, I played with it at that time. I. I don't think I was ever real confident in it mm-hmm. um, at first because, like, how could you top Mountain Mike? Right. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, he's the mountain. Uh, <laughs> he's the mountain. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think I did start doing it um, as a counselor, and I, I told more, like, almost, like, made-up urban okay. legends. Kinda. Okay. Yeah. Like... That sort of became my thing. In college, I, I started telling this story uh, 
that was essentially like the hook story. You know uh, what I mean? Where like, like Captain Hook? No, like where that like the hook is on the handle of the car. Uh, Do you know that one? It sounds vaguely familiar. Okay, well, it was essentially like that. Like I, I would tell it at parties and stuff, and mm-hmm. like people would be horrified uh, because it was like how this like serial killer was like out on the loose on the highway and had stolen a truck and tied the truck driver to my car. And like, I discovered it by the reactions of the drivers driving past me. Oh my gosh. That is scary. It was awful. It was awful. And uh, unsettling. I don't like scary things. Yeah. No, I I would never tell that that. to kids. Sure. sure, Obviously like, like that would be too traumatic. Um, but in college, it was, that was like my party go to. So and people really thought that it would, that it happened to me. Like, That's so really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, did you ever tell them that it was just a story or I think, you know, maybe 50, yeah. 50 or something. I, I, I think if I would reveal that it was fake, people wouldn't talk to me the rest of the night. So, you know, I kind of learned where to like, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Why would you tell me that? Yeah, why? <laughs> this is super disturbing. <laughs> um, okay. But you just relished it. That's so funny. Yeah, it's fun. Um, yeah. Oh, it, it, you know, the, they had this story at camp called Thump Drag. Speaking of, uh, like... Thump Drag? Okay. Yeah, it was, it was their scary story. Okay. And it got to a point like in the seventies when it was so out of control that it was like putting, like turning the kids blood cold, like just hearing it chilling and they would make up all this stuff <laughs> for the kids to like do to ward off like thump drag who was like oh this of course janitor who had been injured by a, by one of the campers at one point and then came back for his revenge. You know, sure. Classic camps, like scary uh, stories. Zeke, Zeke the plumber. Did you, did you ever, if this was like a show in the nineties called salute your shorts, but it was all about a summer camp called camp on Awana. Mm-hmm. And I used to watch it like all the time, yeah. almost every day. Yeah. Uh, there weren't that many seasons of it. So I've probably seen every episode of bundle of times yeah. and there was an entire episode dedicated to this, like, camp lore about Zeke the plumber who didn't have a nose yeah. and lived out in the woods and someone dressed up as him in an episode and scared the crap out of everyone and it was yeah. a legitimately unsettling like experience in the at least for me I've oh for scared, sure but and, uh, you know I think really funny I don't think my camp was alone in telling stories like that mm-hmm. I think there was it was became sort of a a camp thing that how can how bad can you scare kids right right and, which is terrible because they're already <laughs> away from home in a strange place oh my God. outside which is scary to begin with so it, it came to this the height of this moment where <laughs> kids were um putting toothpaste on the handles of the tents and on around the tents because toothpaste was to uh ward off thumb drag, thumb drag. <laughs> um they the a whole tent snuck out cuz they thought he was coming they went down to the bathrooms and hid in one of the stalls oh and when it was discovered that the kids were missing from their tent 
the security like that is walking the perimeter and the sure. camp, just like making sure everyone's safe, goes out and looks for them. They go into the bathroom. Oh no! They open the stall door, and one of the kids had like created like a shank, <gasps> like because they were so scared they were so scared they were going to be attacked <laughs> and stabbed one of the uh, counselors <gasps> in the leg. Oh no! And after that, it was you outlawed. You couldn't tell the story anymore. So now they just tell the legend of the legend, like how it got so out of control. That is so funny. What a, what a you know, if that's not a testament to the power of storytelling in general, that is so funny. Yeah. And it, I'm sure it was something where, you know, when you were a counselor, or you you couldn't tell it at, at when you were a counselor? No, it was outlawed in the right. 80s. Okay. Um, uh, I, I, I'm sure Mom Mike probably had something to do with that because he had his own experience with a, a scary story as a kid, which you know can really like turn you off to camp and uh-huh. turn you off to sure. that whole wonderful experience. Yeah, and uh, I remember when I went to my first uh, math and science camp at the Governor's School on one of the first nights we were there, maybe the first night uh, we watched the movie The Ring, and I don't watch scary movies i was we're in seventh or eighth grade everyone wanted to watch it because like teenagers love scary movies it's terrifying it's a terribly scary movie and i hated it it's one of those where it like it's very ingrains the visuals into your head yeah it's it's a lot of ingrained visuals it's a lot of like (laughs) it feels very it is it is uh uh, you know, supernatural, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's all treated very realistically. Right. Like it was too. disturbing, and I hated it. And it's to this day one of the only scary movies I've ever seen. But I didn't wow. want to not watch it because yeah. everyone that I was there with was watching it, and I was just like, "Well, I guess I gotta watch the scary movie." You know, I have no desire to. Yeah, yeah. So, oh wow, I actually really liked it. I saw it. I saw it as an adult, though. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was like permitted. To be scared with it, mm-hmm. you know, like, but as a kid, I think that would be tough. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think it was PG-13, so I think we must have all been, like, eighth graders. I'm not sure mm-hmm. they would have let a bunch of, you know. I feel like that was the start of the uh, pale, um, greasy girl I with totally a white agree dress. With you. Like, yes. that's what started to be freaky. Uh-huh. And then and the you saw that in came everything. Out, like, yeah. that within a year of that, I think. Right. The grudge was a very similar image Mm -hmm. i totally agree with Mm -hmm. you it's funny that you know uh in that way that storytelling and filmmaking can have those kind of uh uh trends i guess um that start pervading everything Hmm. um and and i think the ring girl is is no (laughs) no exception (laughs) yeah so now what's did they come out with ring two yes what are they at third one i think it's i think there's just two. Oh, okay i think okay i could be wrong yeah. never saw any of the others didn't no i never to. i never did <laughs> didn't want to see the first one saw it anyway <laughs> i wonder if if they brought toothpaste into it because it's a good way to ward off the ring <laughs> oh yeah yeah toothpaste is yeah. a really uh, popular because uh, it's got mint in it uh, which is a natural product and it uh <laughs> that's it, what they that's what they told you? No, I'm just making oh, this up. Oh, okay. so you're still making it up. Yeah. Oh, boy. 
That's that's rough. Uh, I don't I don't like I don't like scary things. I don't enjoy the sensation of being scared. Um, so, what uh, it's okay. Uh, so what what uh, what kind of trajectory do you feel like it's taken since then? Did uh, I mean you're obviously a comedy performer, director, writer now, mm-hmm. um, an improviser, which is you know all spur of the moment <laughs> storytelling in some way, right? Sure. Uh, so where's the, where's the, like, what did you do, uh, what'd you go to college for? I went for, uh, graphic design at UW Stout. I that. Yeah. That's awesome. Wisconsin, yeah. So did you do any kind of, uh, anything that would be storytelling during that time? It dropped off after my camp days, for sure. Um, because there really wasn't an outlet for it. Sure. And, um... I've just reconnected with it with this whole like renaissance of. I was just about to say, it seems like there's a personal uh, storytelling mm-hmm. which is going on. Like, mm-hmm. What I was hearing at camp was the more the fable, the, the folk right. tale kind sure. of thing. Um, and uh, and now it's all this these personal stories in the bars and cafes and uh-huh. it's uh, it's sort of reignited that love for me. Uh-huh. And, cool. Uh, yeah. Have you done uh-huh. any? Do you do things like that fairly often or? Uh, have you ever done a moth or been to the moth or anything? I haven't gotten to a moth yet. Um, Me neither. My friend Janice Sobel does a, a storytelling event that she's had me um, as a guest. Cool. Good. Yeah. Where is that? Um, that's at Stage 773. Awesome. They do a big potluck. Uh, it's the Wonderful. second Sunday of the month. Cool. And what's uh, it called? It's called Here's the Story. Here's the Story. Yeah. I think I've heard of it. Yeah. And I, I've told a couple of stories there and been a featured once. And, cool. Uh, and and then I did a uh, Story Lab as well. Do you know what that yeah, is? Yeah, I've heard of Story Lab. Yeah, that's anyway. Scott Whitehair. And okay. he takes in new storytellers who are sort of starting out. Mm-hmm. And then he gets everybody together and has like a little uh, workshop. Oh, cool. And everybody gets to talk about what their story is, and, like, you get to get feedback. Hash it out. And then you actually perform it uh, a different night. That's awesome. So, that's a, a great little little work. So, people usually come in with something they've already written. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. The one or an I, idea. I feel like stand-up and storytelling are getting kind of, uh, maybe not closer together, but I feel like they're becoming more stand-ups now who aren't just like set list stand-ups hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. or more um i think cameron esposito has traditionally been that kind of stand-up where she does a lot of uh crowd work and riffing and, and things like that and i don't necessarily think it's uh all all it's definitely not all stand-ups and it's definitely not every set for even for stand-ups who are traditionally more uh off the cuff but it seems um, There's definitely an like element of storytelling yeah. in stand-up. Right, sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think I'm seeing more that more people that aren't stand-ups doing storytelling, mm-hmm. but then some sort some stand-ups kind of going into that mm-hmm. storytelling world mm-hmm. as well. And then all of the... There's so many just story podcasts, not necessarily... Uh, 
much, I don't think there's much in the way of, like, fiction-type storytelling. I feel like there's a lot of This American Life. Oh, I love things. This American Life. It's so depressing. <laughs> I love depressing things. I was listening this week. It, the theme was death and taxes, and the whole first half was about death and about this, like, home where, like, hospice people would be working oh, with man. people who are, like, at the end of their life. That's rough. Really rough and <laughs> especially rough because it reminded me of my grandma who just passed uh, about a year ago. Oh, and uh, oh, she was 101. I mean, whatever. Oh. She did a great job. She did do a great job. <laughs> great job, grandma. Oh. And, uh, you know, I think it was really hard for her to die. Mm-hmm. She, she, she would talk about it. She'd be like, how do I die? She would ask, like, the, the hospice worker that. Because she, she she seriously didn't know how. Like, her heart was way too strong. Like, she was just strong all around. That's a strong little that's body. That's really beautiful, but and sad. I know, but nobody talks about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and this 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 American Life that I heard was, it was just totally captured that. And, like... Cool. Uh, yeah, it was just like, ugh, left me so heavy, though. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, as way. much as I just talked about how much I hate... Um, uh, scary things. I love things that are depressing. I don't know what it is. <laughs> you do too. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. I think it, for me, it just helps. It helps like balance me out. It helps put things. In <laughs> yes, we're both very, very positive, happy right. people. Yes. So like, yeah, I do maybe need I've, that. Like, I've referred to myself thing. as an incessant, annoying optimist before <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a story that I told at your story. <laughs> um, and I, I think for for most intents and purposes that that's true. So I think I do kind of like every once in a while gravitate gravitate <laughs> gravitate towards a really uh, a really good mm-hmm. drama or something mm-hmm. like that. Just heavy, yeah. heavy. Watched a, a heavy documentary the other night and things like that. That just. <sighs> Just like, oh, I'm weeping. I'm weeping now. <laughs> That's what we're doing. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I, I actually, I like kind of creating little, um, like, This American Life type um, stories. Like, it's it's fun. Like, With I, things I, that you know like about I'd, or... Yeah, I'd like to do more, like, like just recordings and stuff. Like You should. It, it'd be fun, right? Uh, uh, everything is so accessible now. I even asked the annoyance if I could just like record the audio of their uh, their process really within like the theater. Cool. And then I I realized I'd have to be like around all the time. Yes, and it's it like, seems like it. it'd be really difficult to capture. Unless you had like the MBS and compound where you have mics everywhere. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> Is it? Am I am I being recorded right now? Yes. Absolutely. You didn't tell me that. <laughs> Actually, I think I did. Um, uh, around when I started recording, I said, "Oh, and I know, I've started the recording." You know, I just burped. You know what? I mean, you just uh, burped. Okay, here we go. Um, that's an evasion. My privacy. So, you, you out of here? <laughs> you out of uh, here? Can this we cut this? Can we cut this short? Are you my Gallagher? Cut it. <laughs> okay. Since we're talking about depressing things, sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh no! I'm gonna play something happy. Okay. Oh, oh! I thought you were gonna look up something depressing as well. So no, I'll no. Take, I'll take the playing something. This happy. This was like an early, early camp thing. This might be familiar to you. Oh, oh god! Oh, 
I don't want that. What's happening? <laughs> Everything has an ad now. Oh, has oh an it's ad. an ad. Gotcha. I didn't even know that the Bare Naked Ladies put out like an album for Me kids. Me neither. What's it? They have three? At least? Yeah, I guess so. That's crazy. Uh, this is a, we used to sing this all the time. Right, this is a total camp song. Absolutely. And kind of a storytelling song. Uh-huh. That's so true. <laughs> that a lot of camp of... songs are big, are just, are long stories. Yeah. Uh, did you have the, um, what are some other camp songs that you guys sang? Oh my god. We sang all kinds of, like, hippie 60s songs. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> like, like if I had a bell, uh, uh, seven daffodils. I don't uh, know seven daffodils. Uh, I know if I had a bell. Today. Or if I had a hammer. If I had a hammer. Yeah. Did I say if I had a bell? Oh, if I had a bell, second verse. Second verse. <laughs> if I had a hammer first. Yes. Yeah. If I had a song. Basically every Pete first. Seeger song. <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, What else? Wow, there's like a chorus behind this. This is great. This is such a. I haven't thought about this song in years. One of my favorites was a song about Tarzan. Uh, <laughs> Tarzan. And it was a call and response. Wait, I think I know that one. Uh, swinging on a rubber band. <laughs> Smash into a frying pan. Tarzan's got a tan. <laughs> yeah, I know that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that Jane, one. Jane, flying in an airplane. Fresh into, crashed into a freeway lane. Jane's got a pain. It's a good song. That's a different rhythm to how we oh, really? did ours. Yeah. I think that's so interesting, too, is that not so little of all that stuff is documented, but it was so... You, it is a very universal experience in a lot of ways. Um, uh, I, I, I have not listened to that much of any kind of storytelling type podcast. Um, and, and, and I feel like I need to start listening to this American life. That's a thing that adults do, right? It's super adult. Um, I lay in bed. I like sleep in until Mm. it comes on, which is like 11. That's so funny. Because it comes on on a a Saturday, I think. Yeah. 11 o'clock on Saturdays. Yeah. Just Just tune in the radio to this American life. God, great. And I get all depressed, and I'm like, all right, off to the start of my day. <laughs> uh, what um, What are some of your favorite stories, just period? Mm-hmm. Um, or, or even just, like, genres, types, those kind of things. Uh, there was a story called uh, The Eight-Foot-Tall... Pink Passion Purple Gorilla. 
Okay. That was told at camp. Huge. It was like one of the greatest hits. You know, okay. Like the greatest hits of, of, of camp stories. But Pink Passion Purple Gorilla? The eight foot tall Pink Passion Purple Gorilla. And uh, I have told that one before. Uh-huh. That's great. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous, and and um, that also comes from Mountain Mike and <laughs> via a friend of his named Dirty Harry. <laughs> Everybody had nicknames. Everybody had nicknames. Campus, yeah. we didn't at our Girl Scout camp. Not a single counselor went by their actual name. Everyone had a nickname. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't you think that's the way? Maybe it should be. Probably. Okay. My dad's was uh, Bear. When he was a camp counselor. Aww. And so then when my brother growing up, he always called him Cub. What were you? Monkabunk. <laughs> Monkabunk? Yeah. What's a Monkabunk? I don't know. That's what my dad always calls me. He still calls me that. Hey, Monkabunk. <laughs> Maybe it's an MB. I think it's MB had some of Oh, yeah. Um, but, you, you know, go. monkey. Oh, Monkabunk. That's, that's so cute. That's my dad's nickname for me. Like he calls me that all nickname. the time. That's nickname. Oh, man. It's it's really, like, even just saying it and talking about it makes me just, like, want to give my dad a big old hug. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Yeah, Monkabunk. <laughs> Monkabunk. <laughs> uh, what did your... Did you have a nickname growing up? Oh, my God. I had a million nicknames. <laughs> did you have a camp nickname? I didn't have one at this camp. Everyone just called me Steiner. Oh, okay. Um, like Gloria? <laughs> Gloria Steiner? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you mean Steinem. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not at all like that. <laughs> yeah, like Gloria. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. No. So uh, <laughs> in Cal- I, I worked at a camp in California outside of L.A. Oh, uh, for a summer, uh-huh. and they called me Broadway. Why? Because I was like so the guy the performer? they went to, yeah, for like skits and stuff. Gotcha. That makes sense. Skits That's and funny. Skits. That's really funny. I could. I. I just like. Imagining, I've only ever interacted you, interacted with you in a you know, other rooms full of creative pe- creative people. So imagining these people who are just like fun loving camp counselors who like don't really know too much about performing or anything like that, <laughs> just being like, uh, we got Broadway over here singing jams. Right? <laughs> That's really funny like, to me. What an asshole. That's really funny to me. Uh, um. What, what were some other nicknames? Um, uh, in college, it was Cosmo. Like Cosmo? Like, I was big Cosmo into, like, Kramer. Kramer. Yeah. Like, Seinfeld. <laughs> I could see stuff. that. Yeah. I could see that. Because I love the way he, like, moved physically. Mm-hmm. It was so outrageous. It was such a specific caricature yeah. character, but it somehow it still functioned. It was, a, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Variety. Can I say that now? Do people still like... Oh, uh, I think so. I mean, I think uh, Michael <laughs> I like Richards... It's out of fashion I to think, like Kramer now. I think people have, like, tried to separate uh, some of the uh, uh, opinions that Michael Richards has <laughs> from his uh, performance and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it seems like that... Uh, I'm going to just stick to that. <laughs> I still like Kramer good okay. I, I don't think there's anything i think it, it's that. like it still holds up too if you watch like seinfeld like he 
Oh, absolutely. He I've seen like the first four seasons. It's like a timeless recently. character. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The way that he reacts to the world and vice versa is, is very interesting mm-hmm. for me. Um, uh, what, uh, so would you consider those kinds of like, uh, do you think some entertainment is more storytelling based than others? Like, oh, like, like video games? <laughs> not, that isn't really <laughs> what I was going for, but even just like specific TV shows, if, like better at telling stories than others are, or specific films or anything like that. Hmm. What do you think some of the um, uh, imperative things in good storytelling are? Jeez. What is this, a college lecture? <laughs> All right, no. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, uh, yes, Professor well, Steiner. I, yeah, I prefer Cosmo. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think, you know, you have or to... Or at least what are some of your you, you obviously have to talk from your heart, mm-hmm. right? Like, you have to put a little bit of yourself in every story you're telling. Okay. And I think uh, that's really important. You have to know your audience. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like... You're not going to tell a super scary story to a bunch of kids. Right. Because <laughs> they'll be traumatized mm-hmm. and they'll never rent another VHS video again. <laughs> um, right, right, yes. Uh, or like, for instance, like uh, a show like Here's the Story, which is all like really intellectual adults. Oh, sure. You can You can tell something that's really like intellectual and yes. a little bit more like exploratory yeah. about yourself. And um, uh at the Nerdologues Your Stories events, there's a little bit of that feeling as well. And there's certainly a feeling of uh we all have a, a common set of like reference level. So those kind of things are are given. You don't really have to explain too much of that mm-hmm. uh context. The context is already there. I remember Mary Z uh, telling a story at your stories where she uh, <laughs> she was talking about a guy up there who was a friend of hers who in college who they then started uh, sleeping together and she said um, that like they'd been such good friends uh, that she said to the effect of like well if his if his shoulder was good enough for me to cry on and it like elicited this huge laugh and she was like. And this is why I love your stories, because you all are so smart that I don't even have to finish the rest of that joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It was very sweet. That's so cool. Yeah. It yeah. is wonderful when you have the audience I think you'd like really uh, dig those things. Yeah. Also I'll on have to sun- look at third that. Sundays. So okay. Sunday night could just become your old storytelling night. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> I started doing a, a show called The Bucket Show every Tuesday. Oh, yeah. I've seen you talking about The Bucket yeah, Show. Yeah, I'm all over the Facebooks with it. You, you're Promotion. Blowing up, you're blowing up The Bucket Show. Oh, man. Is that you and Jack? Jack and I are producing that, and uh, it's weekly, every Tuesday. So mm-hmm. we, you know, we get a new storyteller in every week to tell a personal story. But we have them be inspired what about what they've heard so far in the night to, like, cool. tell their story. Awesome. So it's a little so bit of, kind of improvised come, story. They come, maybe they come in with an idea and then it's influenced or... We leave it pretty open. Like, oh, cool. Um, like, be free to, like, tell a new story because this isn't, like, a perfect event. Awesome. You know, like... That's um, great. So it's kind of like the opposite of, of an Armando. Just, like, Armando reversed. Yeah. In a lot of ways, right? Yes, mm-hmm. it is. 
Um, but then, uh, you know, there is more improv after them, but cool. un- unrelated, sort of in between music acts. That's There's, awesome. Yeah, it's sort of a Mix variety of show. Yeah, it's is really it, fun. So it's called the bucket show. You just put everything in the same bucket. Mix it all up into a slurry. <laughs> delicious, delicious slurry. Uh, wish that podcast listeners could see your bucket slurry face because it really, really brought the whole thing together. Didn't it? Didn't it? it kind of made you think that you were looking at like a hillbilly with yeah, missing teeth. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, so <laughs> go and go check out the bucket show on mm-hmm. Tuesday. Is that uh, on Common Ground? Yeah, Uncommon Ground on Clark. Uh-huh. Not, uh-huh. not on Devon. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. uh, to see Wolf's um, bucket slurry face. <laughs> that's, that's the only reason you should, should go Should I post the show. it? Okay, I'll post it. Oh, tomorrow. yeah, yeah. You, you can put it. <laughs> <laughs> see this face and others at the bucket show. <laughs> that's cool. So that came out of a desire to... Uh, incorporate storytelling yeah. with a show oh yeah completely i mean that there's like singer songwriters like right. playing their music it's right. very camp like um, and not camp in a cheesy way but right. like camp like camp, in like in summer, summer camp, camp right yeah right. you know and, and the place itself you feel like you're in this cabin like <laughs> the whole like room is covered in uh, reclaimed wood from a like a barn in wisconsin oh really so I, it already I, feels like you're somewhere <laughs> else like in the country that's great. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, that sounds like a blast. It's a good fit for us. It's, it's been a, we started it in, in January, and mm-hmm. um, we're finding that a lot of uh, people want to take the challenge of doing, like, an improvised story. Cool. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's awesome. I, uh, whenever I tell stories with the neurologs, even if it's just at our little more informal your stories events as opposed to we always incorporate monologues into the shows that we do so we're doing you know we're opening the show next month and we'll have two monologues over the course of the show uh that's why why it's the nerd logs um uh so we're also structured oh oh my god i just got that yeah nice i guess guess who hasn't seen a nerd log show (laughs) I mean, I, it's, I, I haven't seen the bucket show. <laughs> I haven't seen. No, I did see you guys at Sketchfest. Oh, that's right. That's right. That was yeah, great. that was a really uh, good show. We thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we had a couple mm-hmm. of monologues in there. Um, at that one, there was a, a mm-hmm. monologue about uh, Breaking Bad. Was uh, the only like? Did you give monologue. a monologue at the Sketchfest show? I didn't. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, Steve Persh did. Steve Persh. Mm-hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. He talked about how he's only seen the last uh, six episodes of Breaking Bad uh, of the whole series. The last six. Yeah. Which are the best. Basically. So he's yeah. like, so I may never go back and watch the others because uh, I can kind of feel like I can, can probably got to guess at how it got there. <laughs> exactly. It it's like, you can't go back. After yeah. That. You really can't. I think, I mean, I think it's still be worth watching. It's a great show. I don't, I, I don't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that I watched the show to find out how it was going to end. I would say I watched the show because I enjoyed the characters. Well, you just get so everything. caught up in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mean, I couldn't put it down either. That, speaking of storytelling, that's a, that's a good one, I feel. Oh, absolutely. Super detailed and fleshed out things and what a risk for them to to take something on like a character that was as hated as Walter White yeah yeah Um, I mean and right I was gonna say I think a lot of people really cited that Walter and Jesse's trajectory is kind of like 
crossed like yeah. that you you were kind of like with one and against the other and then somewhere in between it it uh it you did, yeah you you felt for jesse mm. Mm. uh <laughs> but uh what are some ways that mm-hmm. you feel storytelling has influenced you creatively oh i knew this one was coming because mm-hmm. you prepared me because mm-hmm. you asked me what the structure would be so i told you <laughs> behind the scenes behind the scenes of mb sing mb yeah uh I, um a funny thing about mb sings is that mb sings in M-B-S-I-N-G-S is Michael Bolton's Twitter handle. (laughs) Did you want that originally? Uh, Did you want it? uh, Well, if I got it, I would just do it singular. I would just do MBSing. But that's already taken by someone else who has like two tweets or something. I'm just like, come on, buddy. Is Michael Bolton tweeting a lot? I don't don't follow him. I just think it's hilarious that the name of my podcast is very similar to his Twitter handle. (laughs) For a while, if you Googled MBSing... Uh, Michael Bolton's Twitter would be like the first or second result, oh but now I'm coming up in the world and I've got Are the you? first one. Yeah, pretty soon you'll have Michael Bolton on this show. Yeah, yeah. with MB sings. We got Michael Bolton on. Uh, what's that? There's one song. Uh. I said I loved you, but I lied. It's a good one. I said I loved you, but I lied. Because this is more than love I feel inside. I don't know that I one. said I loved you, but I was wrong. Because love could never, ever feel this strong. And it's, oh, it's, that's beautiful. It's a lot. It's Maybe a lot. you could duet it. <laughs> when he comes on here. I think we probably will. Yeah. I'll, I'll be in talks with his people. Okay. Uh, someone told me last Twitter. night that recently on WTF, Mark Marin thought he was booking the Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall, and he was expecting, uh, you know, a member of Kids in the Hall to come in, and he had, like, researched uh, other things he had worked on and stuff like that and prepped for it, and then a publicist came and was like, Kevin McDonald will be here soon, uh, and the guy who showed up was a different Kevin McDonald. No. And he was like, oh... Uh, be right back. And then he like Googled this guy. He's the director of The Last King of Scotland and a few other movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So he's like a a relatively well-known movie director. But Mark was like totally blindsided because he booked a different dude. That's that's bad. I know. Like, and and when happen? he released it, he told the whole story. He released both of them together in the same episode. Oh <laughs> He's like, first, because eventually he booked the actual Kevin McDonald from the kids in the hall. So he released both of them as the same episode. That is so weird. <laughs> yeah. Super weird. Uh, super, super weird. Apparently he was very transparent about the fact that it happened. So, I mean, I don't think Mark Maron's ever not been transparent about anything, so... I would think he'd have people now. That he's yeah, I think he still does a lot of it. I, as far as I know, I don't know. I don't know. Unless maybe there was a person who messed it up, but it seems like Mark does a lot of it. Uh, but I asked you a question, and then we started talking I about know. Okay. Totally uh, how it's enhanced me creatively. Yeah. Creatively? How do you... Creatively, yeah. Uh, anyway, you feel like it's influenced you. Well, it definitely has, in terms of you know, the first part when I was a kid mm-hmm. and hearing those stories. Like, I was not a big reader. 
as, oh, a, really? as a kid. Yeah. Um, I read really specific things obsessively, but I don't think yeah. I had a very broad range of what I read. Yeah, I, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I didn't really get into reading hmm. a ton of books. And uh, hearing those stories gave you, or gave me the same feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because you could still imagine what you were seeing. You could still really, like, see the world in your head like you do when you're reading a book. So it was mm-hmm. like my version of an audiobook. Sure, cool, yeah, <laughs> yeah. of course. Right. Yeah. And, and, and so that way, like, I, I think, like, looking back at it, like, I probably could have learned much better if... Oh, if more of it Things would have been oral auditory. like that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because I'm special. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're just an auditory learner. I mean, it's... No, yeah. I mean, everyone learns differently, and I uh-huh. think people are learning that now. And, uh-huh. And... You know, like I was, I was just in public school where right. they, they, you just, you, they just Everyone did push the you same. through and you do the whole the same thing. No child left behind. Yeah. Right. What? No child left behind. No child left behind. Um, so in that way, it, it inspired my imagination. Um, but I think currently in my adult life, how storytelling is influencing me is, is just connection. Sure. Cool. And, uh. Totally, like, connecting me to people that I wouldn't necessarily have heard their story. Uh-huh. Um, for instance, uh, someone like Lily B., who came and told a story at our uh, at our event the other night. Okay. And told this amazing story. I hope I'm not sharing this out of out of school. But uh-huh. About how her mother was, uh, was in the back of her... Uh, growing up in the back of her conversion van while her husband had a, uh, an affair over the top of them. Oh my Over the top of her. God. <laughs> like she was in the compartment and like, Oh my God, this story was oh just my ridiculously gosh. good and, and heartbreaking yeah. as well. But, uh, but you know, it's like, it's these stories that, that I'm being connected with that, are, they just op- open your understanding of the world absolutely, and, and make you see different cultures, different uh, different upbringings. It's uh, a it's a completely like it's just such an immediate way into someone's life. It's a specific way. Yeah, I told a story uh, when the Nerdlogs did uh, the Chicago Nerd Comedy Festival. I did a monologue at that um, at that show. That was about my experience going to a math and science high school because um, I kind of cite it as like the beginning of this like journey to I truly feel like I, yeah. I really am because uh, for a lot of reasons. But anyway, uh, afterwards, someone came up to me and was like, I went to the Illinois school for math and science. And we immediately had this like very right. exciting conversation. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, and it was so much fun. And, and, uh, and, so, and, you know. That guy may have never had the the courage or, or, or interest even mm-hmm. to come up and talk to me after the show right. had I not told such a specific short story that he could relate to so immediately. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, not only are he you talking... He was wearing his Illinois... He was wearing a, a sweatshirt that said Illinois School for Math and Science. It he was, was wearing it as yeah. if he planned it. Yep. It was like, really A nice. big fan. It was really cool. <laughs> you know, you get that. You get people who relate to you instantly, but mm-hmm. you also... 
the, the great thing about a live story is that you can insert yourself into anybody's story. Oh, cool. You yeah, know, yeah, you, yeah, can, sure. you can be a fly on the wall or a plant in the corner. Like you can just be in their world mm-hmm. and live in their shoes, mm-hmm. which is very powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that is really intriguing to me. Absolutely. And, uh, it's, uh, the, the story that I, I told in, in uh, February mm-hmm. was my experience with putting together the show for the annoyance. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, uh, and how I didn't feel like as a white male, oh. I, I, I felt like maybe this wasn't my story to tell, uh-huh. which is about, you know, African women. Uh-huh. That's so funny. <laughs> and, uh, you know, kind of going through the mental, uh, sort of, uh, kind of struggle with Struggle that, that you had. Yeah. Sure. In terms of like, well, is this my story to tell? But I think, I think ultimately it's a story like, that needs to be told or that you want to be told. Yeah. Or am I the right voice to be able to be telling that story? But you know, I, I think ultimately like stories are meant to be shared. Mm-hmm. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, with, with respect, obviously. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, sure. Yeah. Uh, did you, um, first, did you, did, did your like parents ever t- tell you guys stories when you were growing up? Do you feel like that was a, a factor at all? Not really? No. Um, <laughs> second, uh, do you feel like there are any ways that, uh, storytelling has affected your life in general as opposed to just creative, uh, specifically creatively? Well, I mean, does it make you, uh, kind of keep an eye out for, or like make note of things differently than you normally feel like you would or something like that? You definitely listen more. Sure. You you know, like you, when you're on the train, you listen to the people next to you, you know, like (laughs) figuring out what everybody else's story is. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I wish I, I would have known that earlier on because I think, you know, you start to pay attention more. Mm -hmm. Um, for the details and for the, for, for the whole like moral of the story of sorts. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, like as a kid, I was super creative. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I think storytelling was that sort of jumping off point for more. Like, oh, cool. We, we would, we would do like videos. Oh, that's we great. We would do like little films, you know, yeah, like, that's a perfect... that would just film spontaneously. Um, you know, like it, they were always like. In the in the idea of like uh, naked gun type of style, <laughs> so it was like Conan the Barbarian and the Lo- and the Holy Grail. It was like a mix between oh, like, just Indiana really Jones. And, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. Oh, it, actually, it was Crocodile Dundee and the Holy and Grail. The Holy- <laughs> um, we did like you know Dustbusters, which was like Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters but they were like a crew of maids. <laughs> That's so funny. It was so dumb. I love that your that your interest in love of storytelling is what propelled you into those things too. Oh, yeah. I feel like that can't be an uncommon experience. Yeah. And then my cousin and me and my brother uh, did a thing called roller games. Roller games. In the basement of our home every Christmas where we would do like a roller derby and we would film it. 
That's great. Which uh, was, in your basement? In the basement. You had a really big basement? or We had a, a wide enough basement that you could go up a ramp. Like, we created a board with... Like on a couch, mm-hmm. and you went up that board, <laughs> and then you'd go around the ping pong table. So you'd have like a track. That's amazing. <laughs> and we had like weapons, like a huge pillow, like a blanket, a beanbag, <laughs> and we would just like hit each other with those. That's so funny. And we we would do this every Christmas. It became like a Christmas like the tradition. Roller der- the roller derby until uh. we became way too big to like try to not be injured. Is doing it yeah. right, right, right. That's so funny. Yeah, so, you know, all those things sort of spiral off of those things, you know. Cool. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add? Oh, we're, gosh. We're in, we're reaching the end game. Are we really? We, yeah, God, we've been at it for so fast. A, 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 about an hour. About an hour? A little over. Oh, my God. How did it go so fast? Uh, we were having a good time. We just did. We had a great time. <laughs> Do you feel like I? You feel like there's anything else you wanted to talk about? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm gonna start doing that more no. often because I don't want to spring. I think we covered it. Cool. Uh, yeah, I think I, I'm. I'm ra- really rambling now. No. But, um, but yeah, like it's wonderful connection with you know not only other people but with your audience, and I think that's, I love that. That's I a, think that's, that's a big part. That's really imperative in good. Um, entertainment. I yeah. think. Well, and it, it does make you a creative, more creative person mm-hmm. because you're open to different things. Absolutely. Well, this was wonderful. Thank, Thank you, you so much, much for doing it with me. Oh my gosh, what a wonderful <laughs> way to spend a Sunday! Just absolutely great. I absolutely agree with you. Thank you so much. I love you, and I mean that. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're very welcome. Okay. Uh, have a great day. This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.